Hi, I'm Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. This podcast is made for my Facebook virtual coaching group and this is week number 91 for Q&A and it's May 10th, 2022. I want to welcome new member Jennifer, Jen from Florida. So welcome to you and your horse bandit. And um, I hope everybody had an awesome Mother's Day. I tell you what, um, I didn't get to see my son. He lives in New Orleans um, for Mother's Day. So, but I do get to see him Wednesday night uh, for dinner. So that'll be nice. Um, he happens to be coming into town. So we're going to mix Mother's Day and my birthday dinner out together. So I'm looking forward to that. I will tell you this, all you mothers out there of two-legged and four-legged, um, no one ever tells you when they leave, when they move out. That's the hardest part. You know, I never thought I was going to be that mom because I was so busy with horses and barrel racing and my business and blah, blah, blah. I didn't think I'd miss him, but boy, was I wrong. So anyways, that, that to me is the hardest part. But um, so whether you're a two-legged mom or a four-legged mom out there, I hope you did have a nice weekend. Um, I had the drawing for the personal best. Um, so the winner was Lisa uh, Thomas Truce out of Okeechobee with her horse Jam. So congratulations, Lisa. And she chose the TLC Florida Cross. Um, I mean, sorry, TLC Florida Keychain as her uh, prize. So I'll be seeing you in June and give it to you then. Um, let's see here. Uh, this week, I'm, I uh, told everybody to do a challenge for mind and skill. Um, I'm calling it a high-low or ups and down chart. And I really think it's important to reflect um, maybe on the last five months for your goals for 2022 or maybe the last year or last five years and really take a look at your peaks and valley of life and barrel racing and um, and really examine how things are going for you. You know, it, um, you'd be surprised how far you've come. And I know whenever you're in a, a, a low area, you think it's never going to pass or it's worse than before. But it really isn't. And those peaks and valleys are going to get smaller. Those hills are going to get smaller. The mountains aren't going to be as big to climb. And that's going to happen because you become more educated. And um, But yet you're going to hit other challenges. So, so I really just want you to kind of draw it out. You know, there's a starting place where everybody starts when you're learning. And, you know, that's a pretty tall mountain to climb. And then you'll be happy up there for a while. But then you'll start making some mistakes and you'll kind of fall down in a peak, I mean, a valley again. And and then, you know, maybe you'll start moving up where you're entering and you're clocking 40 for a while. And and then you'll have some struggles and, and struggles can come from anywhere, just like in life. It doesn't necessarily have to be training. It can be, you know, uh, health wise, you know, physical for your horse and mental, things like that. You know, so I kind of drew one. I took a picture of the chart and put it in the group um, for highs and lows. And I really think it'll help you guys if you write down these things, because when you write it, you retain it more than if you don't. Um, it helps you visualize it. It helps you really think things through. So there's always going to be mistakes, struggles, times of learning. But just know that um, when you do have your wins, be on cloud nine for a long time, because that's a place that you know, when you have that winning streak, when you're having those good runs, really enjoy those wins. Because, you know, just like 
the low spots, those will pass too. Um, but when you are in a low spot, know that it's going to pass. When you learned what you need to learn or got through what you need to get through, things are going to get better. And then hopefully part two of your um, chart, the hills and the valleys won't be as as steep as the first part. So, um, so again, I just want you to really think about, um, you know, just know that um, when you are ready to get out of those areas that are challenging and you learn what you need to learn, then you're going to get back going uphill again and, and have those highs and have those ups and things will get better for you. So I just want you to pay attention to that. You know, I looked at myself, um, you know, and, and I was, you know, had a pretty solid training business going for over 20 years here in Florida and eight years in Colorado before that. And, you know, I was uh, married for 25 years and my son was with me for 18 years. And then on 2016, my whole world flipped upside down. I went through a divorce and, and I don't know if you've ever been through a divorce, anybody, but it's like a death. I mean, it really is like a death. Your heart is broken and it really takes a lot out of you. And then you know, 2016, 2017 were a very challenging year because of that. I felt pretty good in 2018, but then 2019, things went all crazy again. And and um, my ex did some things that messed my finances up and um, my business and having my big ranch, I had to sell it. And um, I was able to, you know, that was another low spot in 2019. Um, you know, that became a very... I wasn't expecting it. I didn't see it coming. Um, you know, what we agreed upon and what he was doing was two different things. And it was just a bad deal. So, you know, and being on my own, it was really scary. Um, you know, I've been with, you know, my family or my husband or my son my entire life. And then I found myself 100% on my own. So, so you know, 2019 was a challenge. And then... Um, but then at the end of 2019, things were good. I bought this ranch, paid it off. I felt like I had someplace safe to fall, um, you know, and then I got hurt. I was, I started taking in training horses here and I actually fractured my hip in May of 2020 because of a client horse. And then the COVID hit in what, March of 2020. So that was a whole messy year. And 2021 finally started getting better. I pivoted my business in 2022 to make it all coaching 100% because I was hurt. Um, you know, all clinics, all lessons, all virtual coaching. And, um, and I made that my dedication. And I feel like it's gone really well for 2021. And now starting 2022. And, you know, I don't want to just survive anymore. You know, the last five, six years, I felt like I've just been in survival mode. And I want to now thrive. So I'm looking forward to getting my hip surgery and getting back to riding and, you know, getting back to all the things that I love again, you know, my horses and, you know, maybe down the road competing again, whatever, but I just don't want to be in pain anymore. That's been a pain. That's been a pain for a year and a half. So, so that's what I'm talking about. Everybody has um, highs and lows. Everybody's dealing with something. And, you know, and I realize what I'm dealing with is very small compared to other people. And, and that's the other thing, keeping things in perspective. You know, when we're upset because we hit a barrel or we go buy a barrel or our horse didn't work, um, 
we have to keep it in perspective. You know, we have to be thankful, be thankful that we have an income or a job that allows us to have horses and go to a barrel race and you have the health, you're healthy enough to compete. Um, you know, you know, I have, have had goals that I've changed from wanting to be a trainer, horse trainer full-time, which is all I did for over whatever, 25 years. And now to wanting the next 25 years to 100% be the best coach I can be. And, you know, and clinics and lessons I've been doing forever, but virtually coaching is new and it's only been two years of that. So I'm still learning and getting better at that. You know, I've been doing my coach's eyes for 10 years for my clinics and such, but, but this is new doing it for people I've never met in person and all that. And I'm still trying to be the best coach I can be. I want to be encouraging, but I also want to offer you advice in your run. And then I also want to offer you drills that you can do during the week to make improvements. And, you know, so, so I'm really trying to be focused on detail and doing a good job for everybody. And of course, every horse and rider is different. So, you know, we're always growing and that's my goals for 2022. Um, is that kind of growth? I want to touch lives in a positive way. Um, with TLC, you know, I want to put God first. Um, I want to grow my business. As I mentioned, I, I want to be very thankful and appreciative for the blessings in my life. And I want to do well enough and make enough money doing what I do to be able to take care of the five horses that I have and the two dogs. If you're not a horse person, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't understand why I want to keep them. But you know, they were my competition horses and it's not their fault. You know, we went through a divorce and, um, you know, and, you know, some people would rehome them and, and all of that, but I, I'm going to do my best to be able to take care of me and my horses and my dogs, you know, that's my goal. And then of course, helping others and that want me in their lives to help them. And, you know, and just, that's my goals, you know, if, and just, you know, having faith in God that it's all going to play out the way it should. So that's your skill challenge. That's your, and yours doesn't have to be personal. It can be just on your competition. And that's also why I tell you to uh, keep a journal. But I do feel our personal lives tie into our competition lives. And, um, you know, as far as how disciplined we are and balance everything out and all of that. So, so keep that in mind. Um, you know, and just remember, know your value, you know, stay the course, do the work, and each one of you will reach your goals and dreams. I believe that 100%. And you're all perfect just the way you are, just the way your horses are. You know, God made us all as individuals. No, no, have I ever met two people that are exactly the same? I've never met two horses that are exactly the same. You know, if you, um, if you watch the Kentucky Derby this weekend, you know, the long shot won it. I mean, if ever there's a time to believe in yourself, you know, that anything is anything is possible, that's a perfect example, you know. Um, so anyways, it just, I want you to just keep that in mind, you know, that you are uh, perfect and just as you are and just enjoy your journey and, um, and again, if there's things you're struggling with, please ask me, you know, I'm trying to, um, you know, some of you never asked me to do videos, um, you know, and others, you have multiple horses and you're sending them all the time. So I'm trying to make sure that riders that are out there 
that, you know, I don't hear from as much. Don't be afraid to send me a one minute training video or, or competition video, you know, and for those of you that send your videos all the time, you know, make sure you're doing the drills and doing the homework uh, in between. You know, you don't have to always send me all your videos if you know what you did wrong and you know what to work on. But if you don't know what you did wrong and you want a second pair of eyes, absolutely send them to me. So, um, and on a good note, even though Coach's Eye is going to retire in September, I've work, I'm working with these other apps and I'm making headway with them. So I think I'll have all that kinks out by September to keep doing my slow play reviews. But in the meanwhile, if you want to save the ones that I send you, you should, because I don't know how they're going to store all the years of coaches' eyes that I've done in the past. I don't know how that's working. They haven't announced that yet. So meanwhile, if you want to save them to your phone or computers or whatever, you can. Um, okay, so let's see here. Uh, I want to talk about, uh, we had, let's see, we had nine personal bests already, and it's only nine days into May or 10 days into May. So that's awesome. Congratulations to all of you. Um, that's very exciting. And um, I put your names on the May personal best drawing. So I also have a couple more videos that I'm working on. I've got most of them done from the weekend. Um, so I'm going to go into the questions and then for the topic for today. So, um, you know, the first uh, comment I want to make is about um, meeting your horse where they're at. Um you know, if you get somewhere and your horse is just wound tight, do some groundwork with them, you know, get them settled down first, connect to their brain before you just swing a leg over. And, you know, if they're not handling an environment, you know, you trust your gut. And if it says, you know, don't enter just exhibition, or if it says just slow lope, you know, trust your gut and do the put your horse first. So meet them where they are. You know, you may have these huge expectations, but then you get out to the barn and things aren't there ain't, are just not going to go that way. You know, same thing if you get to a, a show, you know, put your horse first. And, um, you know, I just want to say that, um, the next question is about a horse that gets hot, um, really hot. And, um, they want to know, uh, what's the best way. Let me see what this question Okay, a trailer or stall. Okay, um, they get super hot when they've been um, in a horse trailer or in a stall. So, so again, um, if that happens, that's, you know, another one of meeting them where they're at. So, you know, if you know this about them, there are like calming herbs you can do. I, I use dynamite products. Um, they have Relax, Tranquil. It's just flower essence. It takes the edge off horses naturally. But there's a lot of calming pace and things like that. But you can also do the groundwork. You can load them during the week or stall them more often. Just, just you know, like I said, meet them where they're at. Um, let's see here. I also wanted to mention someone was um, disappointed that one of their videos was less than three minutes long. Um, so normally the videos I do for you are going to be between three and six minutes. Six minutes is the, um, longest they can be. And, um, so I just want you to know that 
sometimes if I'm, you know, like if you're at a super show for two days, I don't want to get in your head too much. So I might just point out one or two things and just encourage you. And so your video is going to be a little shorter because I'm not going to suggest drills and stuff for you to do because, you know, you don't have time. You're making a run again tomorrow. So um, in that case, your video might be shorter. But in most cases, they are going to be four to six minutes. And um and I'm going to try to offer you those three things I mentioned earlier, something positive, something for advice for that run, and then something to do as a tune-up or drills. So um, so just keep that in mind. Uh, it's not, you know, anything personal. It's just, you know, uh, you know, whatever I, I see is what I try to talk about. And again, I, it takes me probably 15 minutes per video because by the time I watch the video regular, watch it slow, then, um, do the recording for you and then download it. And then it takes a while to send it. And then once it sends and downloads, that's a few, about 10 minutes has gone by. And then, I also send you the drills to do too. So at least 15 minutes per video I'm spending um, minimum. So anyhow, okay, the next question is, um, I feel overwhelmed with barrel racing in life. Um, okay, so if you get that way, you know, if you start feeling just overwhelmed and you feel a lot of pressure being put on yourself, um, take a day off. Your horse can value vacation days. You can value vacation days. You know, go to the beach, ride on the beach, you know, go for a trail ride, take a day off from the horses completely, whatever you need to do. But then also just simplify and just remember to keep things in perspective, you know, and um, and remember why you do this, you know, are you still riding like that eight little eight year old little girl who fell in love with her pony? You know, does it still bring you joy um, and happiness? And, and you just have to, um, you know, just try to not worry about the stuff or the people and things you can't control, you know, and just focus on what makes you happy. And, um, and just simplify as much as you can and, and do that. That would be my advice. So, um, you can just take that pressure off of yourself and just have fun for a little while, you know, instead of it always being about schedules and goals and all of that. You know, sometimes you just need to ride and have fun or change it up, you know, go do something different, go work cows, you know, like I said, go for a trail ride, go do an obstacle, you know, um, you know, whatever, go take a roping lesson or a raining lesson or a cutting lesson, just mix it up, have fun with it. Um, okay, next question. Uh, the bit makes the corners of my horse's mouth crack. And if you have any suggestions for that, it's smooth metal. So, okay, so sometimes the thickness or even the type of metal, but it can also be heavy hands or even bad dental work. So I've had no luck using um, veterinarians to do my dental work. Anytime I do, they don't do as good of a job. So I really like to use a really qualified dentist for my dental work. But you can also put latex um on the on your bit if your horse has got a really sensitive mouth um it's you know it's it's they sell it it's called latex you can get it like valley vet and stuff and um that can help you can also put vaseline or bag balm on your horse's corner of their mouth you could just try using a side pull instead of a bit if they have a really sensitive mouth you could really pay attention to your hands and not being in their face all the time using more give and take um, even try different mouthpieces uh, thicker or smoother or, or even a rubber uh, mouth i don't know you just have to try different things 
um, but I hope that's helpful. Uh, the next question is what to do if you've lost confidence after a fall or an accident? So that's a really good question. Um, I truly believe that God gives us fear to keep us safe. As long as it's not turning into panic, you know, where you're being unrealistic. But what I would do, number one, is just say, okay, you know, I feel this way. So I'm going to take some deep breaths and I'm just going to be cautious. And and then secondly, I would do slow work. I would take whatever amount of time it takes doing slow work, whether it's on the ground or in the saddle with slow work and drills until um, until things feel comfortable. And you're the only one who can tell you that a light bulb will go on for you that you're ready to go to that next speed or that next level. And it can start with just exhibitioning or just entering and going at a slow lope. You don't have to push yourself. So um, one day, number three, the light bulb will go off and you will know that you're okay and that you're ready. Um, the fourth one is if you were bucked off or something like that or an accident, a fall, start back with the groundwork and build back that trust and make sure the horse is okay and not in pain too because, you know, pain can cause horses to act out or act up. So rule that out, of course. And then fifth, um, confidence will come with the slow work and with time and the teamwork. So I promise you it will happen. Um you know, so if you're coming back from an accident or surgery or injury, just give yourself time. You know, don't rush it. Just take your time. Keep yourself in safe situations and it will get better. Um, the next question was about why would someone want to use a port bit? So, um, you know, I've never personally competed in port bits. I've owned a couple and I end up getting rid of them because it's just not something that is a bit that I'm comfortable in. But but a port bit, you'll see people like Charmaine James ran Scamper and Cruiser in a port bit. Um, a lot of people use them because um, they feel like they can get them to break in the pole a bit more, that they'll get more rate. Um, it can stiffen up a horse. It can also, you know, add more collection. You'll see a lot of rainers use port bits. Um, but nowadays, there's a lot of different kinds of port bits. There's pit, port bits that are... Um, you know, stiff-sided. They also have them that they are slide like a gag bit. They also have them broken in three mouth pieces uh, or three pieces and um, for the mouthpiece. And they also have, um, you know, different highs and lows of it. And, and it can offer tongue release for the horse. And, you know, and I think honestly, the, um, the bit has to be something a horse likes and what a rider's hands feel comfortable in. So by all means, if you ever, you know, some people use them for correction, like I mentioned in barrel racing, but um, for all those other reasons, people might use them in, in raining or even Charmaine just for a lighter touch. It's just something that she felt was comfortable for her and certain horses. So, um, so those are all things that you can, um, can think about and, um, and do. So, um, you know, it, I just recommend trying different bits, you know, just out of curiosity and see what you get along with, but realize that a port bit's going to have a whole lot more woes. So be careful about that. Um, you know, and be again, light hands is really important, especially if the longer the shank gets, the more severe the bit gets. So, um, be aware of that. The less the bit slides, um, as well, it can be more severe. So, okay, let's see here. The next question. Um, okay. So the, we're talking about the, um, 
do I have any more questions? There was one more question about strong horses or pushy horses. They get stronger, you know, if they're making a two-day or three-day run, they get stronger on the second day, things like that. But I'm actually going to talk about that in um, in my um, topic for today. So the topic today is education with speed. Um it's really important to me um, that you go back to basics during the week. Um, 1D people know this. They know that the details matter. And, um, you know, if you're having problems, you know, if you're having a lot of problems, you may need to really uh, mix up your schedule. You know, you may need to do a tune-up where you do some straighter longers or in, or out, in and outs or circles with true turns. Um, you know, one day a week you may... Um, you know, want to go and, um, and just focus on, on complete away from the barrels and just really getting them broke loose, you know, the five body parts and, and just work on bend and flex with no tie down on just a little O-ring snaffle or side pull, the lightest bit you can and work on face flexing left, right, and down and moving the shoulder, moving the hip, softening the rib cage, um, so education with speed takes time, you know, and, and you need to go back to basics all the time to keep that. Um, and so if you do, let's just say you want to go in and work on something at a jackpot, you know, because they're working great at home, but they're not at the jackpot, then enter a cheap jackpot, a $30 jackpot, and just do half speed or three quarter speed and focus on filling the rate, the snappy turns, you know, getting to each one of your spots and, and build from that. Don't go out there going for the, the clock or, you know, allowing mistakes. So so to me, the most important thing you can do is get back to basics and pay a lot of attention to the details. Um, the next thing, you know, if the second thing that comes to mind is when I see rough rides and I don't see balance, I don't see collection or suppleness, I don't see any speed control. In that situation, you know, um, that, that horse, you know, maybe it's a rough horse, maybe it's a horse that's hard to sit, but I would work on a lot of speed control with that horse. I'd work on big and small circles, spirals. Um, I'd continue to get those body parts really light and, and, um, giving to pressure, moving away from pressure. You know, you could do my, uh, 360 drill where you, you know, counter arcing all of those things, um, you know, spirals into rollbacks or 360s. Um, all those things would be really important for that horse. It's a rough ride because they need more balance. Um, the third thing, and, um, I feel like this is really important is we're always evolving. We're always trying to become a better version of ourselves. Um, and we always want our horses always evolving and becoming better. So, um, you know, I look at myself as a trainer, um, and I made a short podcast about this, but I look at myself as a trainer the first five years in Colorado. And, you know, I didn't know hardly anything, but I was eager to learn. You know, I look back now and I'm like, oh, I made some mistakes, you know, and I wish Callie and Cash would have known the person the trainer I was 10 or 15 years later, um, you know, 20 years later, you know, my first two horses, Callie was my first that I trained as an adult myself, you know, and, and, um, back in the early nineties. And, you know, I just, I think, you know, we have to remember education, um, experience, uh, each horse you get around 
each person you get around, you're going to be always learning. And so, you know, if I look at my experience after 30 years, back 20 years, 15 years, 10 years, you know, it's always a huge difference. So be patient with yourself and be kind and realize it just takes time. It's no different than a person who gets out of college with a college degree, but they don't have any street smarts yet. It's all book smarts. So, you know, it, it makes a big difference, um, you know, getting out there and having that experience. You know, you can read a book all day long, but that's not going to make you better in the saddle, right? The only thing that's going to make you better in the saddle is getting in the saddle. So um, the next thing I'd like to talk about, the fourth thing is, um, let's see here, the pushy horse. You know, and this goes to the other question that came in this week from a member, um, a horse that gets really strong and hot and heavy. And um, this horse, you're going to want to go ahead and do a lot of, and let's say they're, they're doing good away from the pattern. They're allowing you to do like the spirals with the rollbacks and the 360s. But now you need to get them to not be so strong on the pattern. So that horse, you're going to want to go ahead and take them to the barrels, do loose rein woes. If they don't loose rein woe, back them a few steps or roll back away from the barrel and go back to the alleyway and then roll back and go back to the barrel. And I've got videos on that as well. Um, you can also do my counter arcing drill where you go to the barrel, you sit for rate, and then you counter arc them away from the barrel, then circle back around and then go around the barrel. You get them so focused on you that they're not thinking run barrel. And you may have to do this at a practice arena. Don't just lope the barrels. Do not go and exhibition or go to a practice night and lope the barrels. Go in there with the idea that you're going to be getting this horse, reigning horse broke, reigning horse soft, where that when you go to a barrel and you sit and say, whoa, they leave 11s in the ground. They're looking for the cliff that's in front of them about to fall off, you know. Um, if they're not stopping like there's a cliff in front of them, that's when you back them, roll back them, counter arc them until they're so light and soft. And um, another way is also putting a lot of lateral bend in them going into a turn. So what I mean by that is, let's say you're going to the barrel and you sit down, step in that outside stirrup, pick up that nose and shoulder, and maybe get a 10-foot pocket going into the spot one, the entrance, and spot two, the backside, and then come out tighter, you know, with a three to five foot pocket, and have control at a walk, trot, and canter. You know, those are in and outs that are kind of over-exaggerated. Instead of just a in and out that's five, five, three, you do 10, 10, five, you know, but ultimately you've got way more nose, shoulder, and rib cage, you know, in with the nose and out with the shoulder and the rib, so that you really engage that hip and keep it in and under and um and using give and take is really important do not pull on these horses um, if you pull on a horse they just pull back really sit on your pockets shoulders back with your hips and use those legs hands should be a rhythm of give and take with your seat and your legs it should never be pulling a lot of people hold instead of release and that's a big no-no a lot of people look down the neck instead of between the ears or you know keeping that weight and that outside hip um, paying attention to the outside of the circle instead of the inside so those are important um, and that's what I would do for that strong horse and then um, number six um, 
you know, there is a time uh, to remember, you know, there's a time um, when you're, you know, your time to fly, you know, when your life, everything's going beautiful and a time to, to get out there. And then there's a time to heal. Um, and then there's a time to thrive again as well. And, and just remember that it's the same for horses. You cannot pain or train pain. So if something seems off about your horse and you just know it's not how they are, that's why I'd suggest you keep that journal. Is it nutrition? Is it supplement? Is it farrier? Is it vet? Is it chiropractic? Is it training? You know, is it, you know, we need a break, uh, vacation? Is it, you know, we need variety? You know, you have to really evaluate that stuff. Um, but I can tell you, um, with barrel racing and life, you don't want to get completely in survivor mode and you don't want to get completely in like full on happy thrive mode. You've got to be somewhere in the middle. I know it's kind of hard to explain that, but you don't want to be too low or too high when you're around horses. You know, it's like I said, you've got to learn to enjoy your wins, but also realize that there's going to be training challenges. There's going to be runs that don't go the way they should. And you just have to know that that will pass and, and stay positive and know that you'll work hard and, and pray hard and things will get back on track. Um, so the final thing I want to say is you really need to know when to train these horses, when to rest them, and when to have the vet check on them. Um, because all of these things are super important and, um, having me as a second set of eyes to look at your videos is really helpful for your training, but you know, your horse better than anybody. So you're going to know when they feel like something's not right. Like if a saddle doesn't fit right, or the bit just doesn't feel right. Or, you know, if they're a little stiffer to the right than the left, you know, maybe you don't have a good dentist. Maybe your chiropractor missed something. You need to get the vet involved, vice versa. Um, you just don't know. So, um, also, um, the next thing I'd like to say, you know, you know your horse on that. So number seven, um, A to Z break it into more steps for them. That's extremely important. Slow down when things are not going right. There's nothing wrong with breaking it into more pieces or slowing down. That's the right thing to do when you're learning. You know, when you're learning, when your horse is learning, slow down, break it into pieces. Um, nobody goes from elementary school to college. You've got middle school and high school to get to first. So, you know, take the time it takes. And that's number eight. Take the time it takes. Do it on the horse's calendar, not the human calendar. Um, especially Futurity and Derby people. Y'all get fixated or even MBHA, whatever you get on a show calendar. And, you know, sometimes it makes you put the competition in front of the horse. If your horse is not feeling well, if they're not feeling mentally right, physically right, do not run them. You know, I know it's hard when you're chasing points or money or deadlines, but you've got to put that horse first. That's what riding with heart is all about. Um, number nine, always, and this one I cannot stress enough, always whisper with your hands and talk with your eyes, your body, your voice, and your legs. You have five ways to communicate with your horse. So many people use their hands way too much. 
you know, think of having baby chicks in your hand or, or soft eggs in your hand and you don't want them to get broken. You know, if you find yourself gripping your reins super tight that you'd crack an egg, um, you've got to start working where you can work your horse off the, your body more as though you were riding bridleless. That's extremely important to do if you want to get to the next level of horsemanship. So um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up because it's been almost 40 minutes now. Um, but I just want you to, again, um, understand that TLC is a program. It's not just slow play reviews. If you're not listening to the Q&A, if you're not taking part in the challenges or the video drills and tips that I offer you and, and, and working on that stuff during the week, you're not going to get the full advantage of my program and it's not going to get you to the level where you want to get. So um, I realize people are super busy. You have full-time jobs, you have families, um, you've got a ride and all of that. So that's why I try to make this simple for you guys to listen to the podcast when you're driving to work or cleaning the stalls or cooking dinner or doing laundry. Um, I also like having um, the videos for you that so that whatever you're dealing with, I can shoot you over a video and you can try to go mimic it out in the arena. That way you have a visual, not just my words. Um, so anyways, I hope that you do understand that it is much more than just one thing that makes my program work. And it begins at the very beginning. The most important part is foundation, horses foundation and riders foundation. So riders, you have to have control of your eyes, your voice, your body, your hands and your legs. If you don't, you focus on your weaknesses and keep developing your strengths. Horses, you have to have control of their face, neck, shoulder, rib cage, and hip in order to connect to their brain and no hoof placement. So the more you educate yourself to be a better rider with good timing and feel so that you know exactly what cue will get the right front foot to go where and the left hind to go where, you know, the better you're going to be if you know when you're able to post on your outside diagonal or inside diagonal. All of these things just make you a better horseman. How to ask a horse for a lead change, whether it be simple or flying lead. You know, there's so many steps that go into becoming at that point. And it's a lot of repetition and slow work. And um, so anyways, I just want you to know that um, horse training is not something you're going to learn overnight. And most of you have been around horses most of your life. And you know what I'm talking about. It's a constant education. Um, you will learn from every horse that you meet as well as, you know, you can learn from every person that you meet. So I hope you're enjoying the group and send in your questions and in your videos and um, remember to work hard. And, um, and as always, um, you know, I just want everyone to, Keep a positive attitude and believe in yourself. And um, I guess that's it for now. So God bless y'all and ride with heart. Thank you.